Hello and welcome to Chat Time. This is a platform where we speak to project professionals to help us realize that our problems on projects are often shared and solvable and that the solutions we seek often already lie within our own project teams. Join me as I speak with project professionals to learn from their experiences so we can all deliver more powerful projects. Welcome to another episode of Chat Time. Today, we're talking about change management, and Corinne shares her expertise on changing the project process. We'll dive in to the problems that people encounter when implementing a new process on a project and when these problems typically occur before we explore how to make these changes easier and what you can do to sustain success. So let's dive in. So let's kick things off talking about changing the project process. What are the problems people encounter when implementing a new process? There are two key problems that I think we all associate with change management. The first one is fear. And the second, before I dive into what those things are, is security. And actually, they are experienced on both sides of the fence. So whether it's the person who is instigating the change and thinks this is a good idea, they always have an element of fear, such as, could this work? Am I opening Pandora's box? Will I lose really good people that I don't want to lose? Am I thinking about perhaps something that is a wish list that is just going to deviate us from what we're actually here to do? So there are fears from whether it's the the boss, the CEO or the leadership team, or whether it's just somebody who's decided to implement this change. Those fears are real and they are absolutely felt. And then on the flip side, for the people who need to be involved or perhaps in the change itself, then there's that natural fear of, will I lose my job? Will I be found out? Or because we all have an underlying fear of being worthy or being good enough, or is my my work up to scratch? No matter how good we are, there is always an element of that. And will this process start to look at whether I'm, will it cause me to be judged really is probably the biggest thing. So even if I think I'm doing a good job, maybe somebody else comes back and says, they don't think I am. So there's that fear. And also with this new process or change, will I be able to do it, to take it on? Will I have the ability to fit into a new stream? Because obviously the known, whether we like it or not, whether it's clunky or not, is still a security blanket, isn't it? Whereas when we don't know, we don't know what we don't know. So there's an element of fear of change involved in that. And then the security are things like, I've mentioned it from an employer's perspective, such as, will I lose critical people? Will this slow down the process? Will this cause any hurt to my clients? But then from the other side, it's also, will I lose my job? Will I not have the capability to take on this new way of working? Will I not have the capacity? Is this going to require me to do way more than what I'm able to do? Throws up those real emotional, deep questions. The other things that people encounter when they're implementing new processes, which are probably things that we don't think about so much, but they actually can lead to the fear and security. And they are that people often immediately go to the to solving the problem as opposed to thinking about what is causing this problem. And some of those solving the problems might look at what's the latest gadget? What's the new shiny object that's going to solve everything? And then 
What's the new shiny thing that's going to help me solve it quickly in the shortest time as possible? Because we're all time poor, particularly on a project, because everything is run by a particular time frame. So rather than looking at what is it that we're really trying to do, people are focusing on the let's stop us from bleeding right now, because let's be honest, change is often required when we know we're having a lot of problems. The other thing that we look at, we encounter, is that we don't involve the right people. And sometimes it's not because we don't want to, it's because we don't, coming back to that point about opening up Pandora's box, we don't want to involve too many people and then get to the point where we just can't make a decision because there are too many voices and we can't separate the noise from the actual value of what we're trying to do. So people don't don't involve enough people or they don't take or they just take the feedback of the loudest people so they're not getting the right voices to be heard in the right way and i think that's the summary of a lot of those things which again leads to fear and, and the security but those are the typical things that people will encounter when they're involving or when they're looking at a new project process yeah it's a lot of those what if questions isn't it absolutely so when do you think that these problems usually occur There are two times that these problems occur. The first one is when we start to dive into finding out what actually currently happens. So mapping out the current process before we can think about what the new process would look like. And when we map out the new process, it causes us to ask a lot of questions. And often these are things that people have never even thought about and and people start scratching their heads or because we haven't had time. Often processes are an evolution of incremental decisions. And without knowing or knowing how things have come about, things, this is just the way things are. So when you're asked, why were you doing it that way? Oh, and that seems like an inefficient or a clunky way of doing it. Often people will say, I'm not really sure. And the next natural question is, do you have to do it that way? And often people don't know what actually should be done that way or has to be done that way versus it's just the way we've always done it. So that's often the first time that we start to incur problems because then that causes people to, when you don't know and you feel like you should know and you should have an answer, that sets about fear and then that lack of security. And then the second is when we need to find out who owns this or who should know about this, who should, who will own this process. And when we're needing to find out who owns it now or defining a new owner, then people start to worry because particularly if you're supposed to be the new owner and you're not really sure whether you're going to be able to succeed or fail or how this is going to go for you, it sets about deep fears and deep lack of security and and stability as well. So those are the main times when you start to see things unravel a little bit. Yeah, I hear you there. So We've talked about sort of these problems, but what are the things that people should consider and do when they're changing something in their project? We talked about involving people. Communication is absolutely key, but what does communication mean? It means to begin with bringing everybody who may be impacted or involved, whether it's directly or indirectly, into a room and say, hey, we're thinking about considering this as a problem and potentially a solution. And you should be doing it at the very beginning, having a very open and honest conversation with people, even when you haven't necessarily made any decisions, is actually the best thing to start with. Because firstly, it eliminates any hallway or corridor conversations, which may not necessarily be accurate. It helps 
to encourage people to speak up. Because if you are giving them some information, you don't necessarily know it, but you're being very honest and transparent about it. You're more likely to create the same culture around you. So that's the first thing. And that does not mean that absolutely everybody needs to be involved throughout the whole process, but you need to start with, this is what we're thinking about and this is why. So that's the first and foremost. And the why is really important, which probably leads me to the next consideration, if you like. When you first start out thinking about like transforming a process, a project process or any project or any process really, you should really be thinking about the problem as opposed to the solution or the how. Think about the problem and specifically what you really want to be thinking about in that problem is why can't you achieve from your projects right now that's making you even consider this? So Mm -hmm. not the fact that you are bleeding. You'll think about that in a second. But the first thing is what do we think we can't do? Because that then tests the validity of even whether there should be something that you should be changing. And typically, if you have a good strategy, so a a company strategy or a business strategy, you should be able to map it back to the, the strategy. So being really clear on what is the problem, and then you get to dive into that problem a little bit more to say, what do we think is causing it? Now, it's really important to have more, to have as many people in the room as possible, because at this point, you actually want to encourage the brainstorm. You want to encourage more information because then you can go through a process of funneling down and determining what you think is possibly not quite relevant to the strategy and to that conversation. But it's actually better to start with more than less because you don't want to be robbed of critical information that might help to make a very good and informed decision later down the track. And then the next part would be, what do you expect a future process to achieve? So this is thinking a little bit bigger than what you have right now, because often people are so stuck in what they do when they are thinking about the problems that they currently have, they think about the solution that will solve that current problem. But if you're going to go about investing, and it's a process, right, in creating, transforming a process or reviewing it and bring something out that you want everybody to adopt, it's actually in your best interest to future-proof that a little bit or as much as possible. Now, there are probably many things you don't know, but at least think about what do we want to do even better down the track? And that might be in a year, in two years, in five years, and then you can land on something that feels right for you based on the capability and the, the capacity you have at that time. But think about something that will not only solve the current problem, but that will put you ahead in the future as well. And again, at this stage, you're not making any decisions. All you're doing is collecting information. Yeah, I love that. That's a really good point that like you said, not just treating the symptom, but actually getting to the root of it and trying to future-proof it a little bit. And I think one last thing I'd say out of that as well is once you, if you're going through that process in that order, and I would recommend doing it in that order, it then helps you to make a better decision, even at that so early on in the process to say, do we really need to even run with this? Is this something that is really worthwhile to us? And then do we actually have capacity? Because that's the other question. It's great having a wish list, but somewhere down the track, you're going to need to, to convert it. Now, that might be early for you to truly know that. But once you've asked it in those sorts of orders and you started to involve other people, already you can start to say, maybe this is a two-year plan because actually the problems are not as bad as we may have thought they were. It just seems to be a lot of noise and maybe we can manage the noise a little bit better. Mm, yeah, love that. 
So going back to what you said about communication, and obviously that helps your team alleviate some of those fears that we talked about. What other things do you think can help make change easier? I think whenever you're going to help make change easier, you need to have a structure. So in that structure, communication would be one of them. But when we're talking about communication in that structure, it would be when do we give feedback? When do we take input? And what happens to that information? So is there an expectation on either side of the fence? And that doesn't need to happen as to when you have something that is the the product you're going to sell. That should happen at every step of the journey because then it encourages transparency. And actually what happens is the more you inform people and you keep them informed and you let them know that they their feedback is welcome, but at this particular time and in this particular forum, in this way, you find that people actually probably unless they really need to contribute, they won't say as much or you won't get as much noise. Whereas when you don't, people feel it's a strategy to be able to make sure that they're not forgotten, that they're not going to be rolled over. And so people make more noise when you don't encourage them to say anything or when you don't provide the right information. So within your structure, creating the channels to receive and to provide feedback on a frequent basis. That's the first thing. The second thing is make sure you have a plan, of course, (laughs) and an agenda. And ideally, as I said before, your plan will map back to a company strategy because one of the worst things that happen, and I see this all too often, unfortunately, is that people see a problem and look, they want to fix it. And I totally understand that, but it doesn't actually map back to what the company is essentially trying to achieve. So what happens is they start doing, making some changes, but then they don't get the buy-in necessarily from other stakeholders, or it doesn't stick because the strategy is the thing that's going to make the company more money. That's the reality. And if you go and do something to stop the bleeding, yes, it probably will help and save money to some extent, but the reality is it doesn't get the right airplay that you need it to. And from every other person's perspective who hasn't been invested in the the decision-making, they're just going to say that as another expense. Yeah, true. Yeah. So it's really important to have a plan. And even if that plan is we're just taking input at this stage, that's okay, but make sure you think about it. And what that forces the people who are even thinking about rolling out a plan is to plan it out, (laughs) to sit down and put some structure behind this as opposed to just let's just wing this process that could really have a massive impact on other people. The other thing I would recommend is in that plan, because particularly when you have a, when you're considering a process change, which would impact lots of people, you want to get everything done at the same time. So it's very easy to start to go down the rabbit warren and to start taking on way more than you can chew. So the two ways to combat that is firstly to make sure that whatever potential solutions that you're considering is ties back to the problem you're trying to solve to begin with. And actually, this is the same advice I always give for when people are uh, are creating a scope or they're going through a scoping process for their project. It's the same thing because otherwise you need to use that anchor. Otherwise, when you start to talk to more people, it's very easy to just sail down the river and realize, oh, I'm on a whole different continent. And actually now I've got to find a way of getting back or I've just got to run with this. It's too late. And you can see that the danger is in doing that. And then the second way to prevent that from happening is to prioritize. So firstly, if you are making sure that your solution comes back to your your pain points and solving your actual pain points to begin with, and then work out 
what is the priority? Like what is going to stop us from hurting the most? Or maybe, and the priority is very, it, it's dependent on what is most important to you. It doesn't necessarily come down to cost. It might come down to timing. It might come down to the best outcomes for your clients. It might come down to the most productivity, whatever. It depends on what the, the cause is. If the, co- the cause is you're losing staff, then you're going to try and plug that gap first, right? So make sure you're, you're retaining your staff, but make sure that most of well, the people who are involved all have an equal contribution to helping to prioritize and give their feedback and their input too. Mm, yeah, definitely. So I guess like when changes are happening, it's all about trying to make the project successful, but how do you sustain that success? Yeah, great question. So there are a few different ways. The first is, surprise, surprise, making sure you keep people abreast of what's going on. (laughs) So have a plan, make sure people know what the plan is. And then importantly, make sure people know how and when they need to be involved or impacted by that plan all along the way. Because it's great when you have a new change. Let's say you've done all the right things, you've engaged all the right people, you've left, let them know of what's going on, you've taken their feedback, you're rolling something out, and then you stop talking to them. And they don't really know what's going on and because they got busy, maybe this fell off the radar. If there's your engagement right there or your adoption right there, if you want something to be sustained, you need to make sure people are adopting it. Make sure that people are have an input into it and also know how to succeed within it as well. So that's really important. And that's part and parcel of that communication, making sure that the channels of communication are open. So don't just say, please send me your feedback. And then you send it to an email address, which receives 200 emails every day. And nobody has the capacity to be able to review those things. If you really want the feedback, make sure somebody is dedicated to doing something with that and making sure that people are getting the outcomes they need. And then really critically, and and this is the problem with internal projects, because this would be an internal project, we lose the priority on it because a lot of the time it costs us more money to begin with than it actually saves us. We don't treat it like one. So the advice is to treat it like any other critical project. If you have committed to going down this path and solving this problem, then commit to it fully like it is something that is going to bring you back the return on investment. Because remember, if you did this process like we started, which was to make sure you understand the why and what the value is and everything else, then you already know that there is value in doing it. That's why you've gone through to this process. So if that's the case, there is a return on investment because there is a pain point that you will be eliminating or reducing. So make sure who your stakeholders are, keep them informed. You work to a timeline, so therefore you have to have a plan. You've scoped out the project and you know what the priorities are. You have, you're working to a budget and that doesn't necessarily mean the cost, but maybe it's more around the value and making sure that you're delivering equal chunks of value all the way through that process. So those are the more practical things that you can measure and look for and, and plan to. The thing that is trickiest to plan to but is a reality in terms of how you sustain these sorts of change is to consider the emotions that come up. Because the reality is when you're changing things and we talked about the fear and we talked about the security, these two aspects are hold deep vulnerability for people. And therefore that means if you don't know how to manage or handle the emotions of that or the emotions that will come up, which they will, 
then you might want to consider if you can get help to do that because the last thing you want is to get people excited about this and then you get some perhaps unexpected or maybe expected but you thought you could manage it and then you just realize it's a whole windstorm of emotions that you don't know how to deal with. By just rolling over people's emotions, that's not going to hold you in good stead. It will certainly undo all the work you've done and it will not help to achieve sustainability. It will do the exact opposite. So consider it at the very beginning, but if it's something that you feel that maybe you're too close to, you want to have a continued relationship with these people even after it. And you also want to give them the opportunity to be honest and truthful along the way, then you might want to consider an external to help you with that process or maybe somebody in another team or another department who is not going to be involved in a, in that project, perhaps more of as a mediator. Yeah, I love that. Someone without that emotional investment. Absolutely, absolutely. And ideally someone who has the expertise to be able to help with it too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for your time and uh, talking about change management. To summarise, I think communicate, have a plan and get feedback from your people. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely summarised. Thank (laughs) you so much, Sarah. Thanks, Corinne. (laughs) 